like trees walking, like trees walking. Hello, everyone. Welcome. David, how are you? I'm doing quite well, Mike. How are you? I'm good. This is Like Trees Walking. Did you know that? I... Uh, I'm happy to learn that. I'm happy to hear that fading out. Yes, this is Like Trees Walking, uh, the podcast where we talk about the big, important issues in life, and we do it from a Christian perspective, and we do it with a little winsome smile on our smug faces. No, no <laughs> our, our winsome faces. <laughs> your, your mug. You stand there on Mount Wisdom and preach down to us, you <laughs> smug. Boy, they'd like to take us down yeah, a so, peg, wouldn't they? Yeah, they would, but they can't. Um, but if you would like to take us down a peg in real life, uh, very exciting announcement to make um, for the first time, that we are going to be having a live Like Trees Walking podcast. So that means that uh, me, yours truly, uh, David Berge, and the great... Michael J. Nelson will be live on stage doing Light Trees Walking March 8th, uh, March 8th, that's a Wednesday, at 7 p.m., and we will be at one of the finest institutions in Minneapolis, Minnesota, mm-hmm. the Uptown VFW, or the James Ballantine VFW Post, number 246. Um, they have a they, they recently renovated it. If you haven't been there in years, there's a classic old uh, bar in there that goes back to I don't know decades and decades. It's, it right now it looks like it's straight out of the seventies in a great way. We won't be in that room, but don't worry, that room is still there. You can do karaoke after you come <laughs> see the show. They have karaoke there every night. Uh, but we'll be in one, their new kind of uh, uh, concert stage room. So Mike and I will be up on stage. Uh, we will be uh, pontificating and expositing and goofing around. And uh, you can you can come out. It's free. Uh, come buy a drink. Uh, also, our, our good friend uh, Ryan is a member of the Post, so he got us in there. So thank you, Ryan. And uh, he, has a, he has a ministry that he does where he gives um, food and gloves and hats and scarves to uh, homeless folks in our community. So if you want to bring a pair of gloves especially, I went out with him, and we were short on gloves. So if you want to bring a pair of gloves to donate to help out with that effort, that would be great. But come through, Mike, uh, March 8th. VFW Post 246. It's right on 31st and Lindale, uh, or Lake and Lindale. I'm sorry. It's on Lake and Lindale in Minneapolis and uh, free parking in the rear. I feel like we should have had uh, queued up one of those, uh, you know, like trees walking live, 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 live with, uh, you know, all the sound effects and everything. Because this is exciting. It is. Did you ever think we would get to a live? This is a, I like to call it our live tour. There's only, is, there's only one, one stop. One night only. <laughs> but it is going to be crazy. Hey, if you get backstage access, you get to see the lifestyle oh, we live yeah. <laughs> out on the road doing LTW, baby. It is crazy back there. Yeah. So, um, uh, you know, this is your chance to come out, invite a friend, um, come grab a grab a drink at the bar, uh, order order some apps. Some, the dry rub wings are actually uh, quite good, so uh, maybe maybe get the dry rub. Uh, come and watch us, and you'll see what uh, what all the fuss is about. And right there, live on stage, we will solve one of the great mysteries of life, and the heavens will part for you. So that's just a bonus. <laughs> While you're that drinking a like a PBR, <laughs> yes, everything and, will become clear. And there will be some audience participation. We will. Uh, I uh, I think we're planning on. There's going to be like an ethical dilemma, and we want your perspective. Uh, uh, too, and, and we will also be firing a t-shirt cannon. <laughs> no, that's that may that's that's pending. We'll yes, see. yes. Uh, if it if uh, if we if yeah, if anyone has a t-shirt cannon or has a hookup, <laughs> please let us know. All right, uh, yeah. So uh, all right. Well, 
that is very exciting news, and that's been a long time. We've been talking about that for a while, so months and to months that and comes months. to fruition is a happy event for us. Let's talk about what we have on the show today. We have, of course, our big question of the day, which we'll get to in a moment, and then we'll be revisiting a department that we uh, we just talked about. <laughs> we were we found just some, on this. We have an exciting update to it, and more things to hash out, so... Uh, Fresh events came along for that, so we'll, we'll update you on, on a previous topic. And uh, also we have a, a new, this sort of dovetails into it. This is a new challenge for Pastor Dave, and it oh, does wow. not involve putting anything into your mouth and trying to swallow How about it? A, it does it involve a classical music quiz? <laughs> <laughs> the carnage that was the classical music quiz shall not be repeated nor mentioned again. It is wiped from the book of life. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, the, the, the fact that this department that we're getting to follow up on, so we just talked, it, if you need evidence of God's existence, this is the fact that this just fell into our laps is more than enough for me. Yeah, that's uh, so that's in a little bit. But first, let's get to the big one. This All right. is sort of a, a weighty one. I, you brought it to, to me, I think I understand, but why don't you explain to the listeners this, uh, a bit of a dilemma that... Uh, someone you know brought to you yeah so they i was talking to uh to a, a friend and uh this person is a christian and they were speaking with their uh their sibling and the, the, their sibling is not um not a christian and 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 i think one of the hang-ups for this this sibling who who doesn't believe they're not like a they're not like a christopher hitchens or a richard dawkins type but uh this person considers themselves sort of a person of, of science. They, I think, maybe majored in engineering in college or working in, in the engineering field right now. And so sometimes there's, a, a, there's this perspective, this conceit, I might say, that being a person of science and being a person of faith, like those two are, um, those two are inimical to one another or they're, they're, in, a, they're in a tension. And, and it's not clear to this person who considers himself scientifically minded, evidence-oriented, sort of empirically uh, directed that like, okay, so here's this world of stuff, especially in the engineering world, like here's this world of stuff that we can manipulate and understand to make do other stuff. Uh, human beings, we are masters over this world. And then here's this world of like God and miracles and angels and, you know, stuff that I can't see, but I'm just supposed to believe in. Mm -hmm. uh, like, how can I be this hard-minded, you know, serious uh, intellectual person over here, and then this kind of uh, wooly, fuzzy, soft, naive, almost childish person over here when it comes to things of faith. Things that I have never seen, but I'm just supposed to believe that they happen because someone told me so. What do I do with that? Yeah, that is a, uh, uh, that's a mouthful. It I is. would say just off the bat, can can I react quickly? Please, without... I want your hot take, your quick reaction. This is my my uh, like a sports show take. <laughs> I should start yelling at you. Yeah. Uh, no, my my initial take is first of all, um, a plenty of scientists. I don't know the number, but many, many, many scientists. I need are, a number, Mike. Uh, are Christians? So just off the top of my head, I know that that's a common thing. Like, well, if you're going to get into the hard sciences throw the fairy tale away. But just on the face of it, that's just not true that that many do. I don't know that if it's 50%, but it's it's a, a sizable percent of hard science people are, in fact, Christians. And uh, nothing they learn 
dissuades them from that. And and some, in fact, as you know, there are, I think even cell biologists tend to uh, become even more rooted in their faith because they, as they keep digging, they go, wow, this is incredible, the, the complexity we see. So that's just my initial comment. My, yeah, one of my uh, kind of to that, to that point, um, one of my good, good friends uh, from when I was living in my California days, uh, he's a he's a dentist. Um, great guy. Uh, has a hot tub. Great hot tub too. Oh, California living. <laughs> I, won't, I won't regale you with ta- I'll, I'll regale you with tales off air of the hot tub. Oh, uh, too spicy for the air. Oh no no no! But we had many great theological conversations. There's like uh, three or four of us who would like often have these uh, you know. Uh, BS sessions in the hot tub. They were that's, fantastic. That's not typical hot tub fair. No, so it's I, not. I, 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 I can't wait to hear the tales. <laughs> it was like ours. It was like our Renaissance salon was sure. in the hot tub. <laughs> which How was, very. That's sort of Minnesotan in a way too. Well, they, Minnesotans love their uh, going up to their cabin. Yep. But usually it's you know twenty below zero. Yeah, you're sitting in the sauna. It's sort of like the sauna, you know. Out. Yeah, like the sauna. Yeah. But this was the hot tub. We called it the hot tub time machine. Yes. Yeah, for right. obvious reasons, but. Uh, anyways, <laughs> what, a, what a tangent, but, uh, my good buddy was, uh, he was, a he was a dentist, but a really, um, and I love dentists. Sometimes dentists, you know, they get looked down upon and why do dentists get looked down upon? They're very smart people like, and they're in business and they're just trying to make a living and they make our teeth look great. So I'm very pro dentist. I'm, I stand with you on that. I've had nothing but uh, good luck and, you know, I've always had a recommendation to a dentist. But then they end up being just like, how can they be so cheerful and and such uh, smart and, yeah. and personable people? Just decent as people digging around in my <laughs> ugly mouth. How do they do it? And I'm not an anti dentite. Uh, <laughs> they talked about on Seinfeld back in the day. But just a, this guy is just. I mean, he's truly one of the most uh, the smartest people that I've ever known. And and he was talking about really what was a because uh, I think he lived in this tension too between being raised in a in a home of faith, but then living in this world of, of science. And he said it was for him. I think it was like in a, it was in cadaver lab um, that, that faith really clicked for him uh, because the, it's just the intricacy and the complexity of the human body and how this all had to work together to have beings like us live and survive. Um, There was just something so beautiful to him about the human body that it uh, in, in, I mean, you know, stripped down, you know, literally bare and exposed in, in all of its, um, you know, nerves and blood vessels and muscles and tendons and organs, um, how this whole beautifully complex system, um, was something that just pushed him over the edge when it came to, when it came to faith, faith in, in the God that Christians believe in of the the creator God who made us and formed us for himself. So, yeah, I would say, that that there's moments like that and the universe in all of its complexity and its beauty um that if if you're open to it i think the more and more that can push you into a place of faith rather than a place of skepticism and we all another comment is i think you have to get outside of of anything when it becomes your specialty and your profession um, you, you have to take a step back because you're you're looking so closely at things. You you need to get a broader view, and I think that that happens in science. You're specializing in one particular thing, and you're looking for evidence of just in one area, and uh, and I think you can get lost in that. That's how you look at the rest of life. But nobody, you don't actually do that. No, as human beings, we don't do that. And so to to live your life that way, you can't 
you can't do that. I mean, there's so many things that you take on faith based on other things, and you do quick calculations. I, I believe that Abraham Lincoln exists, but I believe it completely on faith. I never saw the guy. I didn't investigate. I didn't find his bones. I did, you know, this could be a, a long con to make Mike <laughs> Nelson think there was a guy named Abraham Lincoln. But I take it on faith. And uh, so there's, there's a lot of that sort of calculation that you do in your life, but, you, but then you demand this special uh, level of evidence in this one area. Why, why, is, why is that when it comes to God that that seems to, that folks want to shoehorn that into other modes of knowing or believing or whatever, you know? Well, I mean, don't you think it's, it's running away from the judgment that he brings is, is one of the reasons, uh, you know, we will look for any excuse not to behave, I think. And, uh, and so we'll hang to the, the, the thinnest straw we will grasp to and hold on to. And something that, uh, just something that strikes me as, as a, as a pastor. So, you know, I'm in the, I'm in the world of faith constantly, you know, this, uh, this uh, naive fairy tale world, I, I live in it all the time. But something that strikes me as as very encouraging, and also just you sort of uh, a reminder of the human of the human condition, the human heart is. We see constantly in the New Testament, especially with Jesus, like he does all of these amazing miracles, and the people who see them, they're like are incredibly yeah. angry at him for doing this right. often, and they don't believe it. So actually, like him doing this stuff doesn't lead everyone to this place of like oh wow faith this is great you are who you say you are like um the 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 pharisees the scribes like they're like no what is he what's he doing let's kill him he's doing these things so it's not that oh if only if only i had this piece of evidence like i would believe if your heart is predisposed to like want to reject this message or this person for whatever reason then it's going to continue to do so no matter what piece of evidence i think you're given yeah there's an old saying i don't know where i heard it but uh if god gave us 10,000 reasons to believe we'd ask for 10,001 mm-hmm. you know it's just yeah because someone could literally say oh if there is a god come down right now in the form of this you know bearded yes. hippie dude and do a miracle for me he already did that and uh yeah I, he already was a effect. bearded hippie dude <laughs> yeah. 2000 years ago right <laughs> um but 10,000 that reminds me of a praise song but we're not gonna, i'm not going to start singing come on praise. sing it Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul. All right, that's enough. Yeah, that's going to drive drive the listeners that's driving away. Them, that's driving them. You're listening to Mike and Dave. You're on. You're in positive, encouraging. Uh, so, to sort of, I don't, I don't know that we've exhausted this, but I think your point is, hey, that if if you think it's impossible, so this 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 friend, if I was saying, hey, you're talking to your brother, um. And, and they're very different people. Um, uh, they have a you know good relationship, but you know the one brother is is definitely more academically sort of uh, scientifically oriented than the other brother. Then find finds like a book or a person that you can point him to that maybe speaks his language a little more to just show them that hey, this is possible, and this is a person who um, who is who believes in God, is a Christian, and is uh, you know every bit as scientifically minded as you. These are people like Francis Collins, who was uh, the Human mm-hmm. Genome Project. And these are people like even uh, John Polkinghorne, um, who's a, a British fellow who was, uh, who was um, I believe, a professor in, uh, in 
cosmology or physics and then became an Anglican priest. And so these are just voices of people that they can, he can interact with to see how they square the circle, I guess. And I don't know if it's quite up his alley, um, but, you know, Lee Strobel, his, his method, I don't know if you know him. Yeah, I do know. Yeah, like the case for Yeah, the guy. case for. He, he uh, follows the evidence. He, he was a strict non-believer who just said, I'm just going to look at it like it's a, a cold case or something like that. So that's just a way to approach the evidence. I'm not saying he's, he's the answer or anything, but uh, his approach is to, yeah, there, if there is evidence, I want to see it. And he followed it and he became a Christian uh, because of that. So, so there's a, it's like there's a case, there's a case to be made here. So don't yeah. ignore, don't ignore the case that's being, that's being made and interact it, interact with it and, and, and not pretending that there's one that's sort of not out there or that no one's ever, you know, like, well, I wish someone would like try to make the, I wish someone would make the case. Like I'm a scientist person. Like, can someone yeah, please right, throw me right. a bone? Yeah. Like that's happened before. Yeah. Um, that's happened many times. It, yeah. it, and it, it's easy to kind of dismiss that because uh, some people and maybe even almost everyone, you know, doesn't approach Christianity that way because they're already on the inside. And so you won't hear a lot of, the hashing of the evidence or how they got there out of them. But believe me, many of us uh, have, have sifted through the evidence and many over the thousands of years. So yeah, seek yeah. it out and you will find it. It's, it's not, nobody's asking you to take something completely on faith, quote unquote, um, you know, just out of the blue, just believe it because, and then, you know, good things will happen. No, there's, go ahead, search the evidence. The Bible asks us many times to do that. It gives us evidence. The New Testament is rife with examples of saying, "Go talk to this person. Go see the come people. and come and see." Yeah, go go and see for yourself. And uh, the this uh, well, I'll wrap this portion of the show up with uh, one of my least favorite definitions of faith that I ever saw. It was from a um, former youth group student of mine on Facebook, and they put they put faith is believing something you know isn't true. And maybe I've shared that before on the show, <laughs> but that always bothered me. Like, man, w- like believing something you know isn't true, that is not faith. So no one's, and, and if that's your working definition of faith, uh, scrap that for uh, another more functional one. Yeah, but no is, one's asking you to believe something you know isn't true. No, that's, that is absurd because then it wouldn't be truth and, well, it all blows The up. Jenga tower is falling down. So... Um, I will leave you with one last bit. I oh, mentioned yes. this before um, that uh, I, I, don't, I can't remember his name. He is Professor Sullivan. He is at St. Thomas. I believe he's still there. He's a, quite an elderly gentleman. And he wrote a book about the evidence and people who sort of are waffling and not sure. And it is a very academic book. And <laughs> I confessed I didn't understand it fully. But he explained to me once uh, that... The gist of it is that revelation shouldn't be discounted as itself the evidence that we have this revelation. And if you're waffling, keep in mind there is this this uh, book uh, of material, of evidence, that if you sort through that may push you over the edge. So that's another. Take that under advisement. Uh, I don't know the name of the book. Uh, well, we'll uh, during the break, we'll look it Professor up. Professor Sullivan. <laughs> Professor Sullivan, St. Thomas uh, in St. Paul. Yes. Book. Uh, Revelation, Reason, and I'm just making up a title. We'll, uh, we'll actually look <laughs> we'll it up. We'll get the title. Professor Sullivan, we'll look it up. After All right. Dave's appeal, and then we'll be back with an exciting uh, follow-up to uh, an old department. <sighs> so excited. And a pastor challenge coming your way right after this. In the presence of doubt, you can let good things slide. 
Yes, everyone, this is David Berge giving you my heartfelt appeal. Uh, folks, thank you so much for all of you who have listened and have um, helped to share the show. We, we, we keep having more and more people subscribing and listening every week, which is really encouraging. Good, new to, good news to us. Over 500 people, from what I can tell, um, just last week. So that's pretty awesome. Um, if you could do us a huge solid, there's a couple. One, if you can go on iTunes and you can rate us and review us, uh, we're uh, like... At 19 reviews, five-star reviews or ratings, and, and we have like maybe 14 um, uh, reviews. So if you could take your time out of your day and do that, that'd be hugely helpful in terms of finding the show. Uh, if you want to go online to liketreeswalkingpod.com, that's another place where people can listen uh, to the show if they, if they don't use the uh, Apple ecosystem. You can follow us on Twitter uh, at LTW underscore uh, or at LTW pod, or uh, you can also follow me. I'm at David underscore Berge and or um, at my Michael J. Nelson. You can follow us to see what we say outside of the podcast realm. And then lastly, it, really, if you want to come out to this show and you're in the Minneapolis, uh, St. Paul, or greater metro area, we encourage you to come out if you want to fly in town. Um, you can definitely crash on the couch in uh, Mike's basement. That's a, that's an open offer. Um, he might call the police if you do show up, but, uh, but, but you know, give it a try. You never know what will happen. So uh, thank you so much for listening, for sharing, um, for the feedback, the encouragement. We appreciate it so much. Let's get back to the show. And we are back. And we do hope that you come to that live show. And yes, the couch is open. Dave's couch. (laughs) It's really cold in my basement, though. Like, it's seriously like... It gets cold down here. And uh, it's a cold every now and then, at this time of the year, uh, we will get a mouse. So that I will just point that out. They just come in, and they kind of look around, and they see there's nothing here, and they leave. But it's always very haunting to me when I'm sitting in the basement, like, listening to music and reading, and suddenly I see a little gray shadow. It's just, it's just scurrying out. Why do why do why do they terrify? They actually do scare. They me, are right? scared. I'm with you. They're <laughs> terrifying. They're horrifying. And yet they're just these little harmless things, and they're just trying to find a way back out. They like get in because they think it's warm, and then they leave. Anyway, the point being, <laughs> you're welcome to the couch, but there's going to be a mouse on your face at some point. <laughs> so come to the live show <laughs> in March at the VFW. I think right. is the point. All right, we did and, a little research, right? Yes. Oh, okay. we did research. Yes. Uh, we promised you information and the book by. Dr. Sullivan, who I believe is now retired. Thomas D. Sullivan. Yes, there are going to be a lot of Sullivans over at the College of St. Thomas. I know, the the Irish, you know. (laughs) Yes. Uh, The book is called? The Agnostic Inquirer, colon, Revelation from a Philosophical Standpoint. And it's a book by Sandra Menson and Thomas D. Sullivan. And this is uh, high-level stuff, but we were talking about a learned and, and searching high-level mind here. So oh, and we got a high-level audience, too. That's right. Yeah. We have a very high-level audience. smart people, so uh, yeah, seek that out. He's a good egg, Mr. Sullivan. You're um, going to be on Ed Sullivan. <laughs> I, we, well, how, how do you know that? I was, I, that? We did it in eighth grade as our musical in school. And the kids went nuts for an Ed Sullivan uh, No, but that, it was tribute? part of the musical Bye Bye Birdie. Oh, that's right. We're yeah, going to okay. be on Ed Sullivan. So I remember eighth grade musical. So it's kind of like that, uh, the Simpsons effect where people will say these references they don't know. And then, oh, I heard it on the Simpsons. Yes. Yeah, yes. I know a lot of people like that. 
Uh, all right. Anything to sum up about our initial talk besides giving them the Sullivan information? Just go Any... read this book by Sullivan. Yeah, that'll solve everything. No, that 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 just uh, being open to the fact that there are other people who share your same, um, sh- your same perspective, your same commitment to, you know, science and the em- empirical reality and rationality and you know hard hard headedness, you know, concrete type thinkers. That there are. There are people who are are Christians who are in your same world, so find them to interact with them. It's not odd. that's not a uh, like well the door shut like I wish I could, but I wish there was something out there. But you know, interact with some of these folks if you are generally interested. That's that's where I'd really point. Um, that's where I would. That's what I said to this person. You know, point point your brother to one of these people who who he can interact with. Find a sort of a intellectual friend via book. That's I think one thing really to do. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's uh, many many C.S. Lewis's out there. Seek them out. Yes, and uh, yeah, anything else we want to say to them? No, you get nothing from us. No, that's, that's all it. we have for you. Read a book. You want more? <laughs> Go read a book. No, that's we're... Our great advice. <laughs> we're uh, we're also personally available. Run us down on the street, or just get up from the couch and come and ask us any question, and we'll uh, we'll be there for you. Uh, all right, it's time to get to to revisit this department, but before we do. I have a little challenge for right. you, and it links right in, so okay. there's, it'll seamlessly go into it. This is my challenge to you called uh, How Much Can You Take? And this doubles as our theme song. All so right. We're going to be talking about something called breadcrumbing. Breadcrumbing. Yeah. And we'll explain that in a minute. But first, the theme song for talking I'm about breadcrumbing. I'm bracing myself. Hansel and Gretel are lost in the woods. How much can where, you take? Oh, where is the way home? They are lost in the woods, lost in the woods. <laughs> Help them find their way Start home. theme song. Um. Are you tapping out yet? Okay, I've had enough. I've had enough. Trust me when I say it just goes on like this. I haven't. I've Mike. I'm tapping. Oh, I'm sorry. It's stuck. I'm trying to. I'm tapping my hand. I'm trying. Oh God, it's stuck. Tapping out, Mike. Oh, oh. Hansel and Gretel. Did you say you were done? Yeah, I'm. I'm sorry. I didn't hear that. I'm done. Okay. <laughs> All right. Breadcrumbing or Hansel and Gretling. <laughs> what in the world is going on day? Well, I, you know, so we did a whole episode. I believe the last episode of our show was ghosting. And that, yes. you know, we tackled the tough cultural topics, the ones that the kids are wrestling with. Mm-hmm. How does a Christian respond to this is going on in the culture? Um, and ghosting we took on, which is just where someone uh, basically ends a relationship by ceasing all communication and pretending as if the other human being does not exist. This is called ghosting. So you never text back. You never respond to a Facebook message. Um, just psh, person's gone. I'm a ghost. Mm-hmm. Well, I found out about this other phenomenon that is n- akin to ghosting, but not as extreme. So... They call it breadcrumbing or Hansel and Gretling because you're not, which I love, I love that term, Hansel and Gretling. It's so clumsy. Because you're just leaving a little trail of breadcrumbs. So you don't totally ignore or cut off the other person, but you like just give them enough breadcrumbs in interaction in the relationship so that they don't completely like cut it off and end it and know that it's over. So like very, it's like not, 
it's like you're on the extreme edge of totally almost like shutting this person out of your life, but you keep dropping those breadcrumbs so they keep interacting with you. It's a little like uh, I saw that there's also a component because I, I looked this up. I'd never heard of this, that there's a component that that women will do it to men to sort of see then what kind of reaction they get so that they can, you know, if if a certain guy doesn't react, then no, nothing was put out there. You know, no uh, investment was made. So it's just sort of putting out some crumbs and seeing if anyone bites is an, another way to look True. at it, which yeah, is so a little bit different, but the, the same idea. And and the, the way you describe it, it's almost like uh, a little bit like gaslighting where you, the other person has to keep guessing. Am I crazy? Did they, do they, do they want some interaction yes, from me or yeah. am I being shut out? Yeah. So. Or, you know, I think, yeah. Could you say Hansel and Gretel like is when you send out a text to like, you just sit down and text a bunch of people. I would never do this because I'm, 34 year old man who married with children but you'd like text people and be like hey and just kind of see like who is that breadcrumby like you're throwing out a breadcrumb and you're seeing like who will respond and interact with you and then you can decide who you're gonna Boy, that's spend like time that's texting. half a crumb there that's, <laughs> hey hey <laughs> most non-committal thing in the I know, world but you just throw out, you throw out a hey to a bunch of people and you see what sure. comes back at you you're you're putting your breadcrumbs out right wow I, I know and and so what what do we make of this? Is this uh, is it worse than ghosting? Is it worse than ghosting? Ah, boy, it 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 kind of sounds like it in yeah. a way. It's because the uh, torture is prolonged. Although I guess in ghosting, you always—I mean, you could forty years could go by, and if you had a close connection with this person, you could still be wondering. I wonder what happened. What did I do? <laughs> I think so. They're both. They both have lasting effects. They do. I think bread breadcrumbing. Uh, um, Breadcrumbing has that frustration element to it. You know, ghosting is just like the pure abandonment and the, and the deep uh, psychic wound that it causes. Yeah. But there's something torturous, I think, about yeah, breadcrumbing. You know what I mean? Like, like, is it better to just, like, have your head cut off in the guillotine or, like, death by a thousand paper cuts? Yeah, I think true. the guillotine's better than the thousand paper cuts. Yeah, let's have it done. Yeah, just be done. Like, it's over. So I feel like breadcrumbing is the Minnesota version of ghosting, yeah. like the very passive-aggressive um, <laughs> passive ghosting. Right. It's the equivalent of in, uh, in California, uh, road anger, you know, is very evident. In Minnesota, you sort of passively stay in the left lane and block the yeah, other person. Yeah, and, yeah, And butter wouldn't melt in your mouth. Oh, I'm just going the speed limit. So this is the, yeah, this is very Minnesotan. <laughs> giving people breadcrumbs and then it's it's somehow like i think it allows the breadcrumber the person throwing out the crumbs to like um feel like they're not a bad person or a mean person yeah you know because like i didn't ghost, like i didn't totally cut it off like i didn't ignore you i said hey i said yeah i said hey like what what do you want (laughs) i think i said idk like i gave you a smiley what do you I'm, want? Ar- I'm already trying to plan ways. To, we're both uh, married men. I'm I'm quite a bit older. Uh, well, is, am I no, quite a bit? No, older? you're not yeah. quite a bit. You're you're, you're 85, Mike. <laughs> I have grown children. I'll, I'll say that. And you have young children. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm trying to figure out how to to uh, breadcrumb my wife because ghosting is impossible because I have to live in the you same. You live in house. the same house. But I guess if I just wake up and just go, and she comes out in the morning and just says good morning, I just go, hey. Just send, you should and send her. I go in the other room. You should send her a text right now. Hey. Hey. <laughs> I wonder what the actual reaction would know. be. It'd be like, what, <laughs> what in the hell is going Who on? Who stole your phone? Stole your phone. So that would 
That would act, I mean, like, that would actually be hilarious. Just FYI, uh, we should uh, do that right now. She's yeah, by you her should. Phone. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll text her that. Do it. Do it. <laughs> do it. Mike's gonna. No, say. I can't. It, oh, what if I go? If you, we don't get a reaction before we go off air. Well, we, we can do, we're recording another episode. We can just share the reaction. We'll do an in between episode. We'll do an in between episodes. Yes. You have to listen to the next. Oh, what a teaser! Episode. Yeah. What a teaser! Wow, cliffhanger! This is our first. I what think. happens when Mike breadcrumbs <laughs> or breadcrumbs Bridget? We, let's both do it. Will you breadcrumb your wife? I will breadcrumb my wife. Okay. I, she's used to me like ghosting on her. Like when she texts me, I get no response. Oh well, yeah, I don't respond to her. Yeah, but you're busy doing stuff. I know exactly. So breadcrumbing should be more effective. She sent me like these, like she took these pictures for our friend Ryan. He's a bluecooler.org. Check it out. It's his ministry where he feeds and clothes uh, people in the Twin Cities. And like she took these pictures for it, and I'm going to build them the website, and uh, and like they're great pictures. But I didn't respond to her. And so she, I come home and she's like, you know, if you didn't like the picture, she could have just told me I'll go out and take some more. And I'm like, I just, I like, I loved them. They were great. I just didn't have time to reply. So it's like, and oh, so, you ghosted on her, man. Dave's marriage therapy, like on air with Mike. I ghosted her. I totally ghosted my wife, honey. I'm sorry. I love them. The pictures were beautiful. I'll try to be better at responding to texts. Okay, so that's breadcrumbing. Don't do it. And we're going to, just to prove it, we're going to both breadcrumb our wives and give you the results in the, the next, next episode. episode, which I will point out is in our brand new season. Yeah, season, season premiere, yes! So stay tuned for that. Come to our live show at the VFW in Minneapolis on March 3rd. Hate Mike. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm the <Can> worst. <laughs> he's, a, he's a great promoter of the show. March 8th. Right, give him the deets and then we'll close out. March 8th, 7 p.m., Uptown VFW. It's free. Bring, But bring some gloves or a scarf or a hat. And we'd really appreciate it. All right. All right. We will uh, see you next time on Like Trees Walking. Breadcrumbing. Breadcrumb. Hansel. Gretel. friends <laughs> with